The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. One of the benefits we receive here at the seminary is for our local area pastors to come and preach and exhort in our morning devotions. And this morning, we have the privilege of hearing from Reverend Michael Brown. Reverend Brown is the senior minister and lead pastor at Christ URC in Santee, California. Uh, He's also a graduate of this institution, receiving his MDiv here in 2004, and he's been at Christ URC since 2003, and so it's our delight to welcome him uh, to Morning Devotions. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Would you turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke, Luke 19, for our devotion this morning. I'll read the first 10 verses, probably very familiar verses, a familiar story to most of us, I'm sure, especially if we grew up in the church. Luke 19. This is God's word. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So far the reading of God's holy word. Familiar story to most of us, I'm sure. It's one of those stories in the Gospels that we can be so familiar with uh, that we might lose a sense of its profundity. Uh, this is, in fact, a, a very important story in the Gospels. It, it really reveals the, the heart of Christ's mission, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it shows us how the Gospel also overcomes our own idolatry and also the, the self-righteousness that we may have when we look at other people. Uh, part of the problem, I think, is that our, our understanding of this text has probably been jaded or maybe even ruined a little bit by that old Sunday school ditty, uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. That's probably what you think of when you think of Zacchaeus, right? But that's really not the way we should think of Zacchaeus. He wasn't this cute little guy that climbed up into a tree. Uh, Zacchaeus was a bad dude in society. Uh, think uh, Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. That's Zacchaeus. It says he was a chief tax collector. Now remember the tax collectors, these are Jewish people, 
And uh, because when the Romans would come in and take over a place, they would farm out their tax collecting to Jews. Other Jews hated them. Uh, they only had to collect as much taxes, the quota that the Romans wanted them to, and then they could scrape off the top. And so they were swindlers, they were cheats. Uh, people looked at them as though they were the least patriotic. They were ripping off their own countrymen. In many ways, Zacchaeus represented everything that was wrong in Israel at that time. The Romans were there, the economy was ruined, the politics weren't the way they were supposed to be. And this guy was at the top of the food chain of all of the tax collectors. He's not just a tax collector, he's a chief tax collector. So he gets a cut from all the other guys. And he was probably a dangerous person with as many connections as he had to the Romans and to the Shadian society. This isn't someone you wanted to cross. And so it's, it's a profound story of this person who would be the least likely that Jesus would meet with. And yet here he is. He's attracted to Jesus. He's climbing up a tree even to see him. And there was something about Jesus that he was drawn to. And we see that again and again in the scriptures, don't we? People are moved toward Jesus. They hear his teachings. They see his miracles. They see his compassion. And sure, some wanted simply to use him and to get a lunch and for free and that kind of thing. But many people are thinking, is this the Messiah? Is this the one who's going to restore the kingdom of God? Can he heal me? Can he forgive my sins? And we probably felt ourselves that way when we came to Christ. And we still feel ourselves that way, drawn to Jesus. I mean, isn't that why you came to seminary? I hope that's why you came to seminary, because you're drawn to Jesus. He's not attractive like the other people in the world. Isaiah says that he had no form or beauty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. Jesus would never have made the list uh, for People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. Uh, but there was something different Something about the way he spoke, the things that he did, the signs he performed. And so that's what led this guy up a tree, this crook, this cheat, this filthy, rich, hardened chief tax collector. Now imagine if this were in our day. Imagine if Jesus had come to San Diego and, uh, you know, he's come to Balboa Park there, you know, an important part of San Diego, and word gets out, here's Jesus, here's the famous healer, this teacher, and crowds are beginning to form, and as he's walking from, you know, the Spreckles Organ Pavilion and moving his way over to the Prado, uh, there's throngs of people, and here comes Zacchaeus, you know, pulling up in his limousine or his Maserati, and he sees that Jesus is there, and he leaves his car, and he's winding his way through the crowds, and he can't see, you know, he's Joe Pesci, he's looking, and so he climbs up a tree, and he's waiting, and then Jesus calls him. He calls this man who is acting so out of character. You know, we act out of character when we're drawn to Jesus. Maybe you came to church for the first time when you were converted later in life, or maybe if you grew up in the church, there was a time when you felt like you were doing things out of character. Maybe even coming to seminary was out of character, leaving a well-paying job, perhaps, because you're drawn to Jesus. Someone who's drawn to Jesus can't be denied, and Jesus knows that because he's the good shepherd. He's drawing his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
And he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. That's what was going on with Zacchaeus. Jesus was claiming that which belonged to him. And he's acting strangely up this tree, looking, and Jesus, with all of the crowds, he stops, and imagine if it's you, his eyes go up and sets his eyes right on you, and he calls you by your name. Your heart stops, and he says, come on down. I'm going to stay at your house today. Jesus doesn't say, may I? Jesus doesn't say, well, what do you think? I'll leave the decision up to you. Jesus says, move over, make room. I'm I'm coming over. He's bold. He's taking that which belongs to him. And what's Zacchaeus' response? Verse 6 says he hurried down and, and received him joyfully. Could it be that this holy man actually is interested in me, that he might receive me. Zacchaeus knows what he is. He knows he's lied, he's cheated, he's, he's been wronged so many times toward other people. He knew that he wasn't good enough for Jesus. So imagine his thrill and excitement when Jesus says, I'm coming over to your house today. But the truth is, none of us are good enough for Jesus. All of us are like Zacchaeus in the eyes of the Lord, dirty, rotten, Crooked. Now, we might not think of ourselves that way, especially if we haven't lived a life like Zacchaeus, especially if we are good, conservative people uh, that seem to fill the pews in Reformed and Presbyterian churches. Uh, We haven't ripped others off, maybe. We haven't accumulated wealth at the expense of others. Uh, But the Bible, of course, is very clear, as you know, that there is none righteous, no, not one. And in the Lord's eyes, at the end of the day, we are all like this man, Zacchaeus. His problem in life was that he loved money more than God. And uh, the fact is that anything that we love more than God is simply an idol, something we worship. That's what the Bible calls sin. Sin is building your life and its meaning on anything, even very good things, more than God, even our family or our vocation or our reputation, or our academic achievement, or our name in print. At the end of the day, if we love those things more than God and build our lives on them, it's an idol. It's the same thing Zacchaeus was doing with money. We've fallen short in this way. We're not as good as we think we are. But, of course, that's where Jesus comes in. He's the only one who has not fallen short. He's the only one who has lived perfectly by God's righteous standard, who had no idol in his heart, whose delight was in the will of his Father, in doing that will. And so Jesus comes as this holy one who has fulfilled the law, and and he meets Zacchaeus, and uh, this dirty, rotten criminal, he says, I'm coming over, and Zacchaeus is thrilled. Zacchaeus feels that sense of how could it be that God is interested in me, the least worthy of all people. He's elated. But not everyone was elated that day. Uh, Verse 7 says that when they saw it, the crowds, they all grumbled. They didn't say, oh, look, he's showing mercy to Zacchaeus. Great. They said, no, look at this guy. He's gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Now, sinner, as you know, in the New Testament, is kind of a catch-all phrase for the worst in society. Now, the Bible calls all of us sinners, but when people call other people sinners, 
Uh, you know, they're thinking the worst in society. And that's what Zacchaeus was to the rest of the Jews, the scum of the earth, you know, a cockroach that needed to be stepped on, a rat that lives in a sewer. And here is Jesus, this respected rabbi, eating with one of them. And that offended people because, you know, to eat with somebody in the first century, especially in Jewish culture, wasn't equivalent to grabbing a burger with someone. It meant to have fellowship with that person, to share your life with that person. It had a significance in society, great social implications, table fellowship. And so Jesus, in a sense, is discrediting himself in their eyes and their opinion by going into the house of Zacchaeus. They're fried over this. And maybe that's how we would be if we saw Jesus or a pastor associating with somebody of ill repute in society. Think of the person or the people that we detest most in the world. Uh, Maybe it's the person from Planned Parenthood or a, a... aggressive advocate of the LBGT agenda or whatever. You know, those bad people out there, right? Is how we often look as we look down our nose. And that's, a, that's precisely what the crowds and the Pharisees in particular were doing as Jesus went into the house of Zacchaeus. We can imagine if this were in our day, you know, social media lighting up everywhere with posts and saying, can you believe he did this? Think of that person that you detest, someone that you think of as a great sinner, the object of your anger and frustration and Facebook posts, someone that you wish would just go away or honestly just die. That's how they looked at Zacchaeus, but that's not how Jesus looked at him. That's not the way Jesus looked at him. He didn't come to destroy, he came to save, to seek and to save that which was lost. The problem, of course, was not with Jesus, but those who failed to see themselves as sinners, to see themselves as that which the Bible tells us we are, those whom have not met the righteous standard of God. And then we see what happens is that uh, there's a a change in Zacchaeus then. Uh, Because Jesus meets with Zacchaeus, what happens? It doesn't tell us how long Zacchaeus was there talking with the Lord. It may have gone on for hours and hours and hours into the night. But at some point, verse 8, it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said, you know, uh, taking the posture of making an oath, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone... Of anything, I restore it fourfold. Now, what would possess this man who had built his whole life on accumulating wealth by taking it from other people to suddenly give so generously 50% of his goods to the poor? Can you imagine? Who does that? Most Christians don't even tithe a full 10%. What would make Zacchaeus so generous and give such a pledge? and a fourfold restitution to anyone whom he had defrauded. The Mosaic law required only 20%, not 400%. Why was Zacchaeus suddenly resolved to live in a completely different way? Well, the result was the gospel. It was because of the gospel. It was because of what Jesus had done in meeting with him. There had been a transformation of his heart. 
Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, one of those for whom Jesus came to live and to die and to be raised again from the dead. Zacchaeus wasn't saved because he turned his life around. Rather, his life was being turned around because Jesus had saved him. These good works of giving to the poor and restoring to those whom he had defrauded, things that rightfully belonged to them, it was all a result of the gospel at work in his heart. That's the power of the gospel. Because when the gospel, you see, is, is brought home to our hearts in the way that it was with Zacchaeus, well, the way we think, the way we behave, it begins to change. The, the gospel begins to, to, to change what drives our sinful behavior. Like Zacchaeus, we don't have to, to lie and cheat and steal and claw our way to the top because we, we realize that we have everything in Christ. We're already rich with the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We, we're a son of the living God. We don't have to constantly promote ourselves or, or be anxious about our status because we're seated in the heavenly places. We belong to the king. We don't have to look smugly down our noses at others who are the least in society or great sinners. We don't have to judge them with a self-righteous attitude because our sense of self-worth, it's in Christ, not ourselves. You see, we can begin to live rightly, not because it benefits us, but because it pleases the Lord, the Lord who came and sought you out and saved you. And he's still doing that, you see. He's still seeking you out. He never stops pursuing you, even if he's already clothed you in his righteousness and bathed you in his blood. He brought you here even to chapel devotion this morning to speak to you. And to remind you that he's still working, still changing the way you think, your behavior, the way you live, so that you're able, because of the gospel, to say, yes, Lord, this is how I desire to live. And the Lord announces to you again, salvation has come to your house. I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. So rejoice, loved ones. Rejoice, friends. Put your trust in Jesus, the one who seeks and saves, and follow him without fear. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you would bring it home to our hearts and continue this work of changing our minds, our hearts, and the way we orient ourselves toward you and towards others, Lord. May we not live for the idols in our hearts. And thank you for rescuing us, even as you rescued Zacchaeus. For all glory and all praise goes to you and to the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Copyright 2015, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.